Bonjour and bienvenue to Little Bell's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and this is the place to come to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you to lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, in France and right around the world and we share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Now, aujourd'hui, my guest is someone who spends every day helping others keep their connection to France going in a very real way. Cynthia Moose runs the wonderful French to your door in a box business called Best French Forever. She grew up in France but now lives in the US. So bienvenue to Little Bell's Francophile, Cynthia. Ça va? Oui, et vous? Oh, ça va bien, merci. Alors, Cynthia, you were born in France, but now live in the US, as I said. Where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in a village called Lanson de Provence. Um, so I spent, I would say, 16 years there. And while was I was living there, my dad was actually building a house a little bit uh, further north still in the Provence region. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's his dream house. And so oh. when I was 16 is when we finally moved into this home. And so I spent another good 10 years there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say a good chunk of my life uh, in the Provence region. And then I moved to the U.S. Um, at late 20s. Okay. So what mm-hmm. was your childhood like in France? Did you speak English growing up? Uh, no, I did not speak English growing up. Uh, I would say because I was in, you know, grew up, it was very like village, you know, country style. Right. Uh, so English is not really spoken by a lot of people no. where I come from. My parents still do not speak English to this day. Um And I would say I had a very privileged childhood, um, you know, very loved by my parents Mm. and having a simple life, um, yeah, in this small village. And, um, you know, you just kind of know everybody and have a lot of friends in the neighborhood. And um, so it was a very simple and joyful childhood. Oh, it sounds idyllic and just lovely. So... How did you come to be living in Colorado, where you are now? Yeah, well, it's a long story, but the shortcut is love, I would say. Oh. My husband is American. And um, so I guess we met while I was studying abroad in England. Mm-hmm. So that was during university. And then for the first time, I went to the U.S. to visit him uh, mm-hmm. the following summer and really loved Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fairly important. Um, yeah. And then, you know, um, so eventually, yeah, I made the, the, I took the leap and moved to the U.S. Um, I was very excited to uh, experience the city living, you know, the big city mm. and it's been a really mm. great experience. Mm. And then after a few years, and now we're a family of three because we have a, a little one, mm. we wanted a little bit more uh, nature and outdoors adventures. And mm-hmm. so um, naturally, we chose uh, Colorado as our next home and mm-hmm. are really happy here. That's lovely. And so Denver for you, you were telling me earlier, so the, the Denver climate reminds you of Provence. A little bit. So I would say not necessarily the winter because we do not get as much snow in Provence. Uh, Like when it snows in Provence, it's like 
all everything's closed and like yes. you know even if it's just one inch but i would say that the summer here is very similar to what i experienced in provence because it's a dry heat and that's something that yeah kind of like reminds me of like those hot summer in provence um only missing here is the cicada you know that you hear in the summer in in provence for sure but otherwise yeah it's it's interesting the sounds of provence isn't that funny because when when i think of provence those are the sounds that i hear in my head it 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 transports you back doesn't it even when i hear them here in australia because we have cicadas here in melbourne but when i hear them in summer it does it does transport you back mm-hmm. it's like the vision of lavender and the sound the chance of the cicada i feel like yeah. that's the combo it's like you're in summer in Provence. <laughs> yes yeah. so have you gone back to live for any periods in france um to live no so now yeah it's been eight years that i'm in the u.s I have been fortunate to be able to go back and forth at least once a year. I go visit because my family, of course, is still in Provence. And now I have a little one too, so I bring her there as well. Um, Maybe someday we'll go (laughs) and live there. As of now, I feel like um, this suits our family well, so we'll see. Well, of course. So do you speak French at home, especially with your little one? with my little one, yeah. So uh, this, yeah, this is for sure something that I want to be able to give to her is the mm. gift of speaking French. Um, right. I would say she's only three and uh, she speaks more English than French, mm. but still working on it. Um, and for me, it's really great because I get to continue speaking my my mother tongue, you know, my right. first language. So Because uh, otherwise with my hun- husband, we'll speak English. Right. And so does he have any French at all? Uh, not really. <laughs> no, no. So it's going to be up to you. I'm pretty pert, wait. So it's hard for us all not to have been able to travel freely over the last couple of years. I know you said you go back every year, which is unbelievably brilliant at the moment because it's been a time when a lot of families have been separated for quite a bit over this period. But imagining our favourite places and talking about it actually really helps, I find. And I've been hearing about that from listeners, that they just love being able to immerse themselves in their imagination somewhere else. Now, your business, Best French Forever, would be a terrific way for US Francophiles to keep their Frenchy vibes happening. Tell me about Best French Forever. How did that come about? I guess when I moved to the US at first, I really wanted to immerse myself into the American culture and meet new friends that were American like I did not want to speak French because I was like I really need to embrace the new my new home country mm-hmm. uh, but then after a few years maybe a couple years I uh, started really feeling like I was missing my home country you know mm-hmm. France and uh, I wanted to stay connected uh, to my roots and so I think that's like the initial thing so that was many years ago and then um, as I was going back to Provence I really start feeling that need to celebrate and promote the craftsmanship because you realize when you go to Provence that there is a strong sense of tradition, a love for craftsmanship, mm-hmm. for the soil, for, you know, and, and that is something that I think I needed to be away from to really become more conscious of mm-hmm. it. Like it exists, like this is so strong. And, um, and so I wanted to keep that link or that bond alive with me and Provence and also be able to promote uh, the people there that are making those beautiful things and continuing to um, 
make those savoir-faire, you know. Right. Um, so th that was the goal. And also being in the U.S., I met a lot of people that were very into the French culture and, you know, they were Francophiles and right. so many of them and they wanted to uh, know about like the way I lived and um, our, our perspective and all those kind of things. And, and I thought, how can I bring Provence, you know, to them? And yeah, it's like, I'm going to bring Provence into a box and mm -hmm. deliver that to their doorstep. Um, and really, when I think about the concept of best friend forever, it was to um, deliver an experience of the senses. So when you open your box, I want you to feel like you're transported to Provence and it's like a smell, you know, like something you touch. And like it's all the products that are curated and selected. They are coming together to give you that uh, sensorial experience. So how did you source your products? Did you go back over there or were they from people that you knew or, or your favorite products from when you were living in Provence? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mix of all of that. Right. Um, I would say that there are brands that I know from before I moved or even uh, Ceramest, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm all kind of artisan and mm -hmm. small brands. Um, most of the, the brands and artisan that I put in my box or that I feature um, are like people that I meet when I go to Provence and I go to villages and, you know, visit small boutiques or workshops or things like that. Um, and I really try to find uh, products that are high quality, that the way that they're made are, you know, with respect to the environment mm -hmm. and the people around us. And um, so, so yeah, I try to, to be very uh, selective and mindful of who I feature and what kind of product I feature so that it aligns with the overall art de vivre of Provence and wow. um, my vision, yeah. Why? I love that with Best French Forever, you have a wonderful social conscience and that actually comes through with what you're saying right now. You advocate for support to end racism. You also promote respect for women, which is something very close to my heart. Do you get much feedback from your clients about your positive mark in these areas? Um, thanks for bringing this up. Uh, um, it makes me happy to see that what I'm trying to do is no noticed. Um, I would say for some of them, that is something that will um, come back as feedback. And, and to me, it's very important. Uh, I would say not necessarily everybody notices uh, and I'm still small so like hopefully as I grow I can uh, have a, a bigger impact but um, I, I think really when I got to create my own company I think it, there was a lot of thinking that was put into it and and I wanted to make sure that my business values will align with my own personal values mm. um, and as a you know I love to travel I love to discover new cultures to learn from people who are experiencing you know different uh things and sharing different perspectives like i think that that love of travel and culture it's necessary that people are treated fairly and you know that we respect each other and so i wanted to try to infuse that in in my business and so in the way that i uh select who i work with and also like in the content that i create and put out in the world like i i always try to have some kind of um uh, mindfulness around diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. that those are a very important topic to me um, and another strong value of mine is also um, ecology mm -hmm. so like making sure that who I work with has also the environment in mm -hmm. mind and the way they create and manufacture their mm -hmm. products and 
in the way that I curate the box and like the material I choose for packing. And, you know, I also try to mm. use like recycled content and you won't find a lot of paper inside my box. I, I'm driving to a landing page, you know, with a mm. QR code so that trying to uh, limit my um, ecological footprints. And I see clients um, noticing that and mm. um, being happy that they can support a small business mm. And um, while also doing good, you know. Why? Oh, it's just so refreshing to hear that a business startup is actually thinking along those lines. I just congratulate you on that whole perspective. It's quite wonderful. Oh, thank you. And I know that I have a lot more to do and I, I can, we all can do, you know, small actions and then, you know. That's right. And bring I think these small actions, when we all do small actions, a whole bunch of small actions turns into a big action together as yeah, a collective. It's yeah. a really important thing to consider. Yeah. You, now, you have seasonal boxes, which I saw, as well as themed gift boxes. So do they change all the time or are there some regular favourite items that you always include? So I would say in the seasonal box, so they come out every new season, mm, um, mm. They it will be a surprise box with Diff- I'm trying to do different artisan and small brands every single time. So mm-hmm. you're really getting something new mm-hmm. and I will see how long I can, you know, continue on that mm-hmm. path. Uh, but there is so much richness, you know, in, in Provence that I'm not too worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. for the gift box that those are available all year round. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you want to do a specific gift at a specific time, right. they will be there. Um, I would say, I, so I use, um, as of now, I feature the same product in those two different boxes uh, but I'm looking into renewing some of them and you mm-hmm. know rotating and what goes in those mm. um, but yeah most time is new uh, new partners every time which is great for me because I get to meet new people and learn from them and you know <laughs> yes that's part of it isn't it actually connecting for you back with the people of Provence yeah. right Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you find that people liked escaping with your boxes through COVID? I think so. So I wish I had started sooner yeah. <laughs> because I was not ready right when COVID hit and it was, you know, hard lockdown. Right. I wasn't there mm. yet because mm. uh, I really started summer 2021. Um, but I would say that I've received really lovely feedback from people saying like, thank you for making me travel while I could not travel mm. there. And um, and they say it's like a, a treasure for them that they get to open and feel like they were transported there. So, uh, and those are the feedback that I'm like, oh, thank you. I succeeded because I really want, um, you know, embellish people's life, but also really give them an experience. Right. Well, actually, I got similar feedback from uh, listeners about the podcast because I started this in the lockdown of 2020 and that was because I couldn't travel and it was a way of me connecting with my favourite place, which is France. And that's the same kind of thing is to connect people with something that they can dream about when life is, you know, not as probably free and easy as they would hope it could be. So so it's a lovely way for you to help connect others. I'm not surprised that you're getting that kind of feedback. So it seems that we're all coming out the other side of COVID travel issues, although I know it will take some time for us to feel normal again. What's the first place, apart from obviously your family in Provence, that you would like to return to as soon as you get back to France? Uh, 
Yeah. So yes, family will be first. I mean, yes, it's a it's a tough one because I feel like there's so many, you know, so many places I, I love. No, how do you pick just one? Yes, right. Um, but I would say simply going to one of the villages around where my family is. So where they are located is in a, a small mountainy area. Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. Les Alpilles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, natural park that's protected and that is made of uh, olive groves and uh, vi- some vineyard mm-hmm. and small villages all around it. And in the middle, it's like this pointy, uh, massif uh, mm. of Les Alpilles and uh, yeah those villages or I don't know all of them are my favorite so Why? I can pick just one but I would say going to Saint-Rémy-de-Provence or mm. uh, going to Moussan Egalière mm. is another one mm. so hitting those little villages that are a short you know drive so I'll do that. Oh sounds absolutely exquisite so tell me, did you holiday elsewhere in France when you were living there? Did you go on holidays to other regions? Um, yeah, so I would say the easier vacation um, was uh, the French Riviera. I have family there, so I would spend a lot of my summers. On, it's a village called Bormes-les-Mimosas, and it's it's really beautiful too. Uh, so more touristy, um, I would say like Provence still is more you know under the radar and mm-hmm, not as mm. as famous as mm-hmm. the French Riviera but it was still a lot of fun um and then I've done you know I of course I visited Paris mm. um I visited uh the north of France but you know what like the more I go back and the more I'm like okay I I've seen more places in the U.S. now that I've seen in France <gasps> really? and I feel very shameful for that oh. and I need to I want to do the West Coast because I haven't. And, you know, earlier you were telling me about your history with Bayonne. And mm. this is an area I definitely want to go visit to wow. Pindesk. Wow. Um, yeah, because I've seen Toulouse, but that's like the furthest I've been on the yes. West. Uh, and so there is a lot to see France as, as a rich country too. The, absolutely. See, that's really interesting because we often assume that when we're talking to French people that they've been everywhere in France and they know all of it. And so, you know, we say, oh, what do you think of this place? And we think, actually, it's a little bit like here in Australia. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I've travelled through lots of Australia, but a lot of Australians haven't been anywhere in Australia except their own state. And so it's really interesting then to think, of course, it's the same elsewhere in the world because when you go back, you go back to see the people that you know and that's in the same region. So yeah, and my whole family is there too. Yes, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what un parfait jour, a perfect day, would be like for you in Provence or anywhere in France. Yeah, um, I love that because I get to yeah imagine. That. So I would say um, a perfect day of vacation, of course, uh, <laughs> would be going to starting the day at the market, like the farmers or artisan market. You know, mm-hmm. every every day, I guess you could fill your whole week with a, a market in a mm-hmm. different city, in mm-hmm. different town uh, or village. So I would start there. Um, you know, going to the, the artisan market and you know mm-hmm. uh, wandering. And, and seeing um, all the, the beautiful things that are created and trying the honey or, you mm. know, the spices or whatnot. And then, um, yeah, just uh, walking around and having a lunch on the terrace and probably after that taking a nap because mm. <laughs> this is 
I think that, you know, in Provence, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with the Provence like lifestyle and mm. it's really like a slower pace than Paris. And um, you would definitely see a difference of like how people uh, live their life. And um, and fun fact, too, is that you see now a lot of people that have gone to Paris, you know, to work and do their career and build their career and then they are actually craving to come back to the south of France right. because the pace is different and, mm-hmm. and they want more of that. Uh, and I think COVID has changed a lot of people's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mindset around right. that and mm-hmm. what's important in life and mm-hmm. taking the time. And so I would say, yeah, um, the nap in the south of France, like siesta, is mm-hmm. a very sacred time. Mm-hmm. So after lunch, um, definitely that and then just like taking the, the afternoon to visit a new village or um, you know exploring or a walk in nature the Provence region is really rich mm. with different landscapes uh, so a lot of hike is possible and um, so yeah just doing that and then probably gathering with friends you mm. know for an aperitif at mm. the end of towards the end of the day and uh, and the dinner al fresco and and that's uh, that seems like a perfect day, you know. <laughs> Not filling it with too much, th- too many things, no. and just enjoying, you know, your surroundings and your company. Yes, you've actually just transported me away momentarily in quite a lovely way. That's just a gorgeous day. And I think that's a really important point you make is not to cram it full of too many things because that's what I often say to people when I'm helping them with their itineraries for even when they're on vacation is to just plan one big thing a day or even when you're in Paris is to plan your itinerary out with all the different things you want to do in one particular arrondissement or, you know, one little area. And so you're not racing from one side of Paris to the other, then you miss everything. And when you're in Provence, we stayed and we did uh, a week of just going from village to village. But the villages weren't that far apart, but we spent a lot of time each day in each of those villages. And so then we weren't sort of, oh, we'll have breakfast here and then we'll go for lunch there and then we'll have dinner. It was just, let's just stop and let's just enjoy and immerse ourselves in this one place. So that's how I think you can get the most out of your your French experience. And your perfect day sounds, yes, just wonderful to me right now in cold Melbourne. I'd love to be back there doing that right now. Mm. Now, yeah. one question I ask every guest on the Little Bells Francophiles is, what is your favourite go-to food the minute you arrive back in France or perhaps one that you like to cook at home? Um, I would say that we have a tradition in my family that the day after I arrive, the morning, the breakfast, I need to have my pain au chocolat, so chocolate croissant. Because while I may be able to find some here, they do not taste the same, so I have to get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then I would say cooking, uh, what always brings me home is the ratatouille. Um, So it's that vegetable stew with all like fresh, like local veggies, uh, you know, peppers, like plants, zucchini, tomatoes. Mm. And the herbe de Provence on top, you know, that really gives the the Provence taste. Like I feel like, okay, this is definitely a taste of home. (laughs) So what do you put on top in Provence? So just like the herbe de Provence, not on top, oh. but like the you mix it with the, the stew and it's, it it's just makes like the, all the taste ah. of, yeah. <laughs> so what herbs do you use in the herbe de Provence? 
So from what I remember, and I don't know if I have all the translation, but thyme, rosemary, mm-hmm. um, sarriette, I don't know how you translate that. I would need to look it up. And then marjolaine is another one. So those are all the, the little plants that you will find like in gardens or like ah. in the country. Uh, but usually you can buy the Herbe de Provence you know, um, together. And and, um, and that's the thing that I have here. I always bring some back from Provence because yes. I know that I'm going to cook with it and it's always like a taste of home. Oh, that might be something to put in your boxes in the future. Oh, uh, yeah, it's on my list for soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fabulous. Now, the second question we always ask is, do you have any French music that you listen to to keep your Frenchy vibes going? I'm compiling a bit of a Spotify playlist, actually, but I also encourage everyone to actually purchase the music direct from the artists as well, because the music industry can't survive on downloads alone. So do you have a fave French music artist or a song that you like to share with the listeners? Uh, yeah, I have, I have many, but if mm. I may choose, I guess an older one, she's not old, but she, uh, her songs are like maybe 30 years old now. And it's, uh, to me, it's crazy because I used to listen to her mm. when I was younger. Zazie is, uh, she's a, a writer and a song and a singer, and she's great. And it's really, a, an icon in French, um, chanson française. Okay. Um, and one more recent um, is a, a two-woman band, uh, and it's called Brigitte. And oh. uh, really, really love them. It's like a, a pop, uh, but also they write their songs too. And it's like nice, like French French music that is easy to listen to. And um, some are a little more like rock than others. Some are like very slow. Um, so oh. it's a good one. <laughs> so it's called Brigitte. Yes, Brigitte. And there, it's two women and they have beautiful voices. Ah, so I haven't heard of them. So you have introduced me to something new, which is fabulous. I love when that happens. Have you got a particular song that you like of theirs? A bouche que veux-tu is one of them. I like that one. I mean, I like all of them. Do you want to add more? There is one that's that's titled Paris that is beautiful too. So maybe you would like it. Well, maybe we might put both. A bouche que veux-tu and also um, Paris by Mm -hmm. Brigitte, a two-girl music group, which sounds brilliant, perfect. So Mm, we will whack that onto our Spotify playlist for the listeners to drift off into their little French night eyes for a while and take themselves away for a moment. So can you please tell the listeners how they can subscribe to your Best French Forever boxes? It's currently available across the U.S., so I'll place all the links for your BFF on the Little Bells Francophiles website for our American listeners to access the gorgeous Frenchiness right to their door. How can they order? Just by clicking on the link that I put on the website? Yeah, so I guess if uh, you go on the website and click on Lab Box, you will have um, a few options. Either you buy one box, like the next seasonal box, um, mm-hmm. like as a one-time and no commitment, or you can subscribe and then you receive uh, Lab Box every three months, every mm-hmm. new season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have the option to pay up front for four boxes with a discount, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so th- these are the ways that you can uh, you can subscribe to to receive your French goodness <laughs> to your door. Yes. 
And I ho- I'm hoping to uh, to extend. Right now, it's uh, only in the U.S. because this is where I'm based, and mm. uh, and I'm hoping to expand expand to Canada and soon to Australian friends too, if possible. Mm. So. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, the world is a very big place, so it's hard to get you know everything to everybody's door. But mm-hmm. I must admit, it's getting smaller and smaller just from the way we talk about France and the way that now it seems like France is on our doorstep quite easily. So hopefully, it's not too much longer before you are global. Which how lovely would that right. be? Right. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic. Little by little, we say. Little by little. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, merci beaucoup, Cynthia Moose, for your time aujourd'hui and for sharing your love of France. It's been fascinating hearing your story, a story of connection that you have with your home, but also that you're helping others connect with your your home, even though your home is now in the US, but with the home that's in your yes. heart. Why? Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me here and uh, allowing me to to talk about my region and uh, and my my business as well. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Au revoir et à bientôt, peut-être. Au revoir, Louise. Merci. À bientôt. Alors, c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. I hope you've enjoyed my petite papetage avec Cynthia Moss today. I love being transported to France via these podcast chats with some wonderful guests and their French stories. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Lulabelle's Francophiles on Insta. That's where you will also find lots of my personal French photos as well as some from our Lulabelle's Francophiles guests. For all of the links from today's chat, including the link to listen to the songs by the band Brigitte, which Cynthia recommends, head to the Lulabelle's Francophiles website. For US listeners, you will also find the link to Best French Forever so you can get a little bit of Provence delivered right to your door. The Ludabelle's Francophiles website link is in the show notes for today's episode or via my link tree on Instagram. And today's show is blog post number 69. Come and join me next time on the Ludabelle's Francophiles and together we can stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Au revoir de moi, Louise Prichard. Bonne journée et à bientôt, mes amis.